0: Hello and welcome to Resilient Faith, a podcast ministry of Brentwood Presbyterian Church in Los Angeles, California. I'm Janice McQueen Ward, the worship elder at BPC, and I want to welcome and thank you for being here with us. Let's begin our journey. Hear these words from the very beginning of John's gospel. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, as so many of us do, I caught up with a good friend on the phone the other day. She has been through quite the roller coaster. With the death of her father at the end of August and giving birth to her second child just a couple of weeks ago. Death followed by new life. Her father died unexpectedly after having pain in his chest for three weeks that he failed to mention to his daughters. And she shared with me that her main grief response right now is anger. She was angry that he died. Angry that he didn't take better care of himself when he was alive so that he could grow old and enjoy his grandchildren. Angry that he didn't tell his children about this Chest pain, so that they could insist that he go see a doctor. Angry that he died about a month and a half shy of the birth of his second grandson. I assured her that anger is an appropriate and common response to grief. Grief is weird, she said. And I agreed. It just is. No two people grieve the same way, and sometimes there is conflict in a family or between friends when people are grieving differently. We all may be familiar with the stages of grief that are articulated by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Her colleague, David Kessler, says that these are part of a framework that makes up our learning to live with the one we lost. They are tools to help us frame and identify what we may be feeling. They are not stops on some linear timeline in grief. Not everyone goes through all of them or in a prescribed order. Our hope is that with these stages comes the knowledge of grief's terrain, making us better equipped to cope with life and with loss. And at times, people in grief will often report more stages, different stages. Just remember your grief is as unique as you are. And we grieve not just for the death of loved ones, but also for many of life's major transitions. I remember my own first devastating heartbreak, in my early 20s, and my mother suggested, I go see a counselor for grief. But nobody died, I said. But it's still grief, she said. She was right. When we lose jobs, when we move houses, when we say goodbye to routines or patterns or physical abilities, going through major life transitions, when we encounter physical limits to our ability to do things we used to do when we were younger, there's often grief, change, even when it is good or necessary. Often it advertently brings grief alongside. The summer of 2012... I moved from Chicago to San Francisco to start seminary, and everything in my life changed at the exact same time. I went from having a full-time job to being a graduate student, from partnered to single, from having friends to knowing nobody, from living in a familiar city that I loved to a totally unfamiliar place. I did an epic road trip with a friend of mine, and she had a rule that I couldn't drive and cry at the same time. We drove to the house that I was going to be living in, and my mom had flown in earlier that day, so we met her there, and the room I was going to be moving into was filthy, like dust, spiders, spider webs. And I was ready to turn around and drive back to Chicago. Like, well, seminary seemed like a good idea, but I'm out of here. I'm just going to go back to my life. So the three of us went to lunch, my friend, my mom, and I. And I found out later that when I went to the bathroom, my mom looked at my friend and said, now how is she doing, really? And my friend looked at her and said, Carol? I'm going to need you to be real optimistic about the house. And that really explains why my mom became so gung-ho about getting the room cleaned up and setting me up so that I'd be ready for the first day of class and just a little dust, just some spiders, no big deal, nothing we can't fix. Let's get a mattress pad for that horrifying mattress and never look at it ever again. And I didn't. It was great but my grief was real. You know those days where you count days, you know those, it's actually more like weeks and months where you count days by days you didn't cry. My grief was real. I was on the phone with a good friend from seminary, somebody I wouldn't have met if I hadn't gone on that epic adventure, followed God's call on my life. I was telling him about our service today, and he told me that the words grief, gravity, and grave all have the same root etymology. He suggested that the heaviness of grief, the gravity of grief, reminds us that someone we love Perhaps someone we loved as bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh, someone we love has gone to the grave. He shared with me that grief is the gravity that pulls us into the suffering of the world. Grief is a gravity that can crush us with despair However, also within that space of darkness, we might discover or be found by the tenderness of the compassionate presence of God. That tenderness kindles a radiance, radiance, a living light that co-mingles with the darkness, even though the darkness doesn't understand it. Grief, is the gravity that pulls us into compassion that rekindles a radiance that the grave simply cannot hold. When my aunt died in August, it was a very stressful time here at BPC, preparing for Catherine's retirement at the end of the month. My aunt had been on hospice since the beginning of the month, And then Dave's mom went into the hospital. My aunt died on August 20th. And then two days later, Dave's mom. We were ships passing in the night as I flew to Tennessee and he was coming back from North Carolina. We had my aunt's funeral in the hometown where she and my mom grew up. She was buried next to my grandparents, Tom and Bess Estes. The day of the funeral was a total whirlwind with a visitation and the service and the interment followed by family gatherings. And so the next day, we went to the cemetery to deliver more flowers and check on the plot. And we found a solar lamp placed on the grave where her headstone is going to be. And alongside it was an angel pendant and a card addressed to my aunt. I picked up that card and I turned to my mom. I said, is it okay if we open this? Of course. It was a card from my aunt's main caregiver, her closest friend for the last two and a half years, her best friend, Judy. She wrote in the note that she had placed the solar lamp there because she knew that my aunt didn't like the dark. And she reassured her that they would be together again in heaven. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Grief is the gravity that pulls us into compassion that rekindles a radiance that the grave simply cannot hold. Perhaps this is why our hope springs eternal even in the face of death. Because we worship a God who conquered the grave. Because our grief is proof that we have loved fully and deeply because the grave cannot hold the radiance of our God. And we love anyway, even in the face of grief and loss, our love cannot be extinguished even for those who have passed on. So let us grieve together trusting in the light of life that persists and insists on being present with us in the darkness and will not be overcome. Amen. We are so grateful you have joined us and hope this episode helped fuel your mind, body, and soul. This podcast is produced by me, Janice McQueen Ward, and by Cameron Ward, who also created the music. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to our podcast and support us financially through the Give page of the BPC website. Until next week, go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.